listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. This is an important topic because obviously everything that's going on right now in the world with, you know, COVID-19, you know, places, nations shutting down, you know, economies being destroyed and uh, people are confused, you know, because you, you think about it. One of the main reasons people are confused is because if you look at the coronavirus and see the, the death toll, even in America, you could just look right over at the flu and see many, many more deaths and, and something like that, that happens every year. And they've never shut nations down um, for that kind of a thing that's killed far more people. Um, go back and look at like the H1N1 virus killed far more people, never shut the nation down. So first people are confused and wondering, you know, like why now, why is this, why is this happening now? And especially when you see, um, the recovery rate that's being posted, you know, so you look at and see less than, what is it? Point point 0.01% are actually dying from it. Um, the recovery rate in all States is amazing. So, you know, people are confused as to why, why, why now, why is the, the nation shutting down? Hey, Jeremy. And so not only is there confusion, but then of course, to get things back on track, of course, now people are getting restless. People are tired of being <laughs> confined to their home. You know, people are, uh, people are tired of, of, uh, being quarantined. And I know that things are slowly opening back up. So, People are ready. You see signs in windows. You see people that are just totally upset. If you saw the video of the gym that opened up in in New Jersey, uh, and the cops just said, go do your thing. People are tired of being in lockdown. And um, whatever you may be, whatever you may think about, um, you know, why it's taking place or how it's working uh, as far as whether you believe it's an antichrist agenda, whether you believe there's something else going on behind the scenes, whether you believe they're truly trying to protect people from the coronavirus, whatever you may believe about it, one of the things you have to understand is that obviously it cannot be indefinite. There's just too much going on. They can't destroy nations. You know, it's not like just you know small portions of the world are shut down. They've shut everything down, and obviously that can't be sustained. So you have to realize that there's you know, no matter how you believe about it, there's going to be an opening. Obviously it's things are already opening now, but not only is there going to be an opening, there's going to have to be an explanation. This is the thing that I've been saying to people. When you look at the projections of how many people were supposed to die because of COVID-19, because of the coronavirus and how (laughs) the CDC uh, and the world health organization dropped those things by half, their numbers by half, their projections by half. And and even what they had as actual infections and deaths, people are like, well, wait, hold on, hold on. How do you in one day drop the numbers by half? Like people are confused by that. How do you drop the numbers by half in one day? And what I've been saying since the beginning is that, you know, in order to come out of this, because as I said a moment ago, you can't sustain it indefinitely and you can't drag it out. You can't drag it out much longer. So 
How are they going to come out of this? They're going to have to come out of it by, you know, it's either going to have to be a, a, a sharp drop like we already saw, cut in half, and say, well, it, you know, it really wasn't as bad as we thought it was. We made some mistakes on what we thought. It's going to have to be something. Uh, and I actually prophesied at the beginning, I think it was at the beginning of this month, that just as quickly as it blew in, it was going to blow out and people would um, stop even trying to mention it and talk about it. It would be such a gaffe. And let me say this, after I prophesied that, I was listening to a podcast. This will blow your mind. I was listening to a podcast by a guy that that is a professional blogger and he trains other bloggers. And uh, this is a guy that makes tons of money blogging and by teaching other people to have successful blogs. He said something that like caught my ear. I was just listening to one of his episodes about how to, you know, be a better writer and a better blogger. And he said this, he said, um, if you're, if you're looking to use search engine optimization, for example, allowing Google to find your articles, you know, they write blogs in such a way that they're easily found by Google's algorithm. That's the whole, that's the whole uh, behind the scenes thing. You know, you want to write in such a way that Google can find it very easily. He said something so interesting. He said, if you are writing for any business sector or, you know, your own personal business, he said, be very careful. This is interesting. He said, be very careful about writing about coronavirus or things to do with coronavirus or COVID-19. He said, because when this is done, he said, they're going to, they're going to want to. Now, this is not from a guy that's like preaching from the Bible. This is just a blogger. He was like, they're going to want to wash away any references of coronavirus, COVID-19. He said, because when it comes to a sales perspective, think about this. He said, when it comes to a sales perspective, it's it, especially for these luxury businesses. He said, the fear of COVID-19 and coronavirus is actually plummeting sales for a lot of things that they want to sell, especially things that people would be blogging about. And he said, so be very careful because what's going to happen? He said, I'll predict this now. What's going to happen is after COVID-19 is over, coronavirus is over, the Google algorithm is going to change so that any articles or blogs or websites that are using tags about COVID-19 coronavirus are going to be suppressed in the rankings because they're not going to want to be read about. People are not businesses are not going to want them to be continue to be brought up and people are not going to want to keep discussing them because it's going to drive sales down. So I said this before any of this happened. I, I prophesied that just as quickly as it blew in, it's going to blow out and people will act like it wasn't that big of a deal and they won't talk about it like they're talking about it now. Now here are businessmen that understand the way Google works and the way algorithms work saying it's exactly what's going to happen is that they're going to try to wash away all evidence, whatever was talked about uh, via Corona, COVID, whatever. Don't use it in tags. Don't use it in titles. Don't use it in your metadata because it's not going to be, it's going to be suppressed. And I believe that I, because there's no way to come out. Think about it. There's no way to come out of this quickly and get nations back on track if it continues to drag out. And there's no way you can even do a slow plan, you know, that takes a year and a half or whatever. Nations couldn't handle it. They just wouldn't be able to handle it. So something's going to have to happen in a quick way 
that that's going to open things up swiftly and their numbers are going to have to drop or they're going to have to say, well, we didn't quite understand the way it was functioning and it's much, much less uh, serious than we thought it was, but it was better to take action and be prepared, you know, to prevent deaths and whatever, however they want to spin it. They're going to have to say it in that way because there's no way to continue to sustain this and keep nations from being completely destroyed. So something's going to have to happen in that way. Now, if we're talking about um, a vaccination and that's if you saw the title of this broadcast, I'm talking about the mark of the beast, digital certificates and vaccines. And so there's been a lot of fear about this and a lot of questions that have been raised. Obviously, people have heard things that Bill Gates has said. They've heard uh, about, you know, ID 2020. Uh, A lot of these things are being talked about and thrown around, some with knowledge, some with no knowledge. And uh, of course, there's always going to be conspiracy theorists. There's always going to be people that are um, a little bit more paranoid than others. There's some people that are going to just make up things without facts. That's always the case. But I want to talk to you today about this because I want you to understand uh, from a biblical perspective about what we're talking about today. I want you to know from a biblical end times Bible prophecy perspective, uh, what kind of a mindset to take regarding these thoughts. And it's important that you do because everything we do has to be based on scripture, has to be based on scripture. The Bible uh, is not supported by culture. Culture is supported by the Bible. What do I mean by that? Let let me say that again. The Bible is not supported by culture. Culture is supported by the Bible. And what I mean by that is this, is that it's not the world that makes the Bible relevant. It's the fact that it is the word of God that makes it relevant. You understand? It's the, the fact that it is the inerrant word of God. That's what makes it relevant. The Bible at the time of writing was 33% or more prophecy about the future. 85% of those prophecies, which have already been fulfilled uh, with the other 15% about to be fulfilled. So think about this. It's not the culture that supports the Bible. It's the Bible that upholds the culture, meaning prophecy is still being fulfilled. The Bible is a supernatural document. It's something that the Holy Spirit inspired men to write. It's got no error, and it's always going to be the final word because it's God's word. So we don't make opinions based outside of God's word. We make opinions based on what God's word says. And so when you start to talk, and people throw this around a lot, people will throw around the term, you know, mark of the beast, or that's going to be the mark of the beast, or you know, you got to be careful because you could get, you could get the mark of the beast and not even know it. And so we need to talk about that because there's people that are talking about, well, if they do come up with a vaccination, if they do, you know, I'm, that you got to be very careful. And then when they started talking about a digital certificate, that's when people really started freaking out is when they started mentioning a digital certificate, whether you understood completely what they were talking about or not, it started, especially anybody that had any knowledge of Bible prophecy started freaking out Christians freaking out. And so I'll never, and of course it is, you know, if there was any kind, let me, let me just say this, it, even if it's not, and I'm, we'll get into this in a minute, even if it's not Bible prophecy, I, I want to, I want it to be said up front. Uh, you know, I would be completely and totally against 
any kind of tracking device or chip being placed in my body, whether it's the mark of the beast or not, I would completely be, and as I'm sure you would, you know, who, who wants, whether knowingly or unknowingly, to have any kind of a device put into your body that, you know, would be, would be able to track you. Nobody, you know, and, and the argument that people make is, well, you know, it's already, we already have it because it's in our phones and it's in our watches. Yeah. But remember this, you can leave your phone and watch at home. <laughs> you can't leave your hand at home. You know, it's very important that you understand that. So, you know, when people start talking about this stuff, and saying, you know, when they're talking about ID 2020, when they're talking about digital certificates and, um, you know, some, some, some websites that are, are even more credible have tried to say, well, that's not what they meant at all. That's not Fa- what Fauci is talking about. That's not what Bill Gates is talking about. Let me just stop here and say this. If you don't know that there's already an antichrist agenda at work in the world, your head is in the sand. Like if you don't understand that there is uh, already, I mean, like, what do you think is going to happen? That the rapture of the church is going to take place and then the devil is going to take all this time setting up an antichrist framework in the earth. It's not going to happen like that. It's going to all already be in place. It's already going to be set up. And so there's already an antichrist agenda at work in the world and has been since Christ came. And it's just been continuing to try to set up shop. The the nice thing, I taught this last night, the powerful thing to understand is that we as the church are the salt of the earth. And if you understand that context, salt is a preservative. It's like in the days before we had refrigeration or uh, freezer technology, they would preserve meat by packing it in salt. And that's the context here is that we on this earth are the salt of the earth. We are preserving this earth from destruction while we're here. But when the salt is taken away, we're also called the light of the world. When the light is taken away, all that remains is darkness. And if the salt is gone, there's no more preservation. So the tribulation can't even take place, in my view, until the church is removed. We believe that the one who is restraining the Antichrist that Paul spoke about to the Thessalonians, the one who is restraining the Antichrist is the church who is filled with the Holy Spirit. So if we're here preserving the earth, the earth is not going to go into uh, the, the wrath of God and the destruction of heaven because we are here preserving it. That's the whole point of being called salt and light. Darkness can't take over until light is removed. And so I want you to understand and be encouraged by this thought. If we're still here as the church of Jesus Christ, then God is not going to start pouring out wrath upon the entire world, which is, by the way, what happens during the Great Tribulation. The entire world feels the wrath of God as it's being poured out. He's not going to do that while his precious fruit of the earth are still here while his, you know, the apple of his eye, we are his children. We are part of the body of Christ. That would be like saying that God was going to pour down wrath onto his son, Jesus body. And it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And we've done broadcasts about that. But what I want you to hear today, that there's been a lot that's been said about, um, you know, if they do these vaccines, 
the way they're planning to do them. And if they really do establish some sort of a digital certificate and a, uh, you know, some, some sort of a tracking system, because, you know, there have been comments that have been made that, you know, well, we can get back to large gatherings and we can get back to going to sporting events and going to church. If everybody would just get the virus or the virus, get, just get the vaccine. And we knew that they had the vaccine. So, you know, it's like, oh, you want to keep making money again? You want to get back to making all those profits that you've been making for corporations want to make? You really want to get back to all that? Well, we can get back to it. We can let people start gathering in malls and in sporting events and in theme parks and all these things if we just got them the vaccine and we knew that they'd had it. I mean, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. I went out basically just to get my son a haircut yesterday. And before... Think about this. Before you can even go in to get your hair cut, they've got to give you a mask and then they've got to take a temperature at the door. I mean, how ridiculous that this is where they're going to just go in and get a haircut. You're like the only one in there. You know, it's and, and that's where we're at, that people are trying to control. That's control. If you don't think that's control, it is. Population control. If... You know, if you're refusing me to be able to do anything unless I get my temperature taken and have a mask on, that's population control. I I am not allowed to do it. And I refuse to have a mask on. I was in I was in uh, Publix the other day. I refused. I'm not going I'm not going to come in with a mask. I'm not doing it. So I go in and I'm walking through doing my shopping with no mask on. You know, and people would think, you know, that you're some insane person because you walked in without a, a mask on, you know, like you're trying to start the next Holocaust. You know, we were actually, where was I? We were in a place where masks weren't even required looking at flooring, me and my wife. And this old lady walks by me with her husband and, and like says loudly so I can hear it. No mask. Oh my God. What are people thinking? It's like, I'll tell you what I'm thinking that I'm not controlled by a spirit of fear. And so now they're even saying masks don't work the way you thought they did. You know, they're telling people that now masks don't work. So I went into Publix to get some groceries and here comes, listen to this. Here comes the manager of the store running down the aisle, running down the aisle at me. Like I'm a robber, like, like I'm like, like I'm some sort of a thief running down the aisle. Hey, where's your mask? I I don't have a mask. I don't have one. Well, you got to have a mask. I said, it's not, it's not a law. It's just a suggestion. No, no, it's not just a suggestion. All these counties have mandated it. You need a mask on. I can't let you be in here. You know, in the middle of the island publics in front of everybody, you can't let me be in. So I'm not allowed to shop and I, I can't check out. I can't check. He told me plainly, I can't let you check out with your groceries without a mask. That my friends is population control. Unless I do what you tell me to do. I can't even buy food for my family. So that if you're telling me that that's not population control, what is, you know, I can't do anything unless I do exactly what you tell me. And so now I have to have my temperature taken. I have to have a mask on. So it, and and obviously as you look into Bible prophecy, uh, population control will be the order of the day without question. The entire world will be controlled by an antichrist system. The Bible teaches that. And I'll take you there in a minute. 
But if we did go into a place where they said, okay, we're going to do vaccines, but now in the vaccine, there will be a digital certificate in which we will be able to tell whether or not you have taken this vaccine. And, uh, you know, they talked about all kinds of things that they, they're no longer thinking about doing. For example, uh, like a, a health passport, which is which is ridiculous because, and this is why they did away with it, because even if you were free from, you know, coronavirus, there's no sign they said that you couldn't be infected again. So having a health passport would do no good anyway. But when you start to think about the fact that if they had the ability to put something like that in you to know at the door with, you know, you know, it's not new technology, by the way, if you, if people think, well, they're going to have to be developing this technology. Let me tell you something. The first families that were injected with RFID chips were injected in Florida in 1996, 96. There used to be a corporation. They changed their name. There was a corporation called, um, uh, the Verichip Corporation, that all they did was uh, create RFID chips. And so they they had so much bad press, they had to change their name to the Positive ID Corporation. I wrote about this all back then. But you understand that it's not going to be developed. It's been around for decades. This This has been around for decades. Now we have nanotechnology. Think of this. In the same way doctors in a syringe, and this is this is um this is done currently. They can inject nanobots to take pictures of your inside of your veins and ventricles and inside your heart. They can literally inject those nanobots into your veins so they can take pictures of your veins and see blockages in your heart and ventricles. They can they can see all that comes up on the monitor and then you it comes out of your body through your urine. So if they have something that small that can be injected into your body to to check on the health of your veins and and everything, that's how small it is, you know, and they've been putting microchips in since 1996, you know, don't act like it's something new that, that, you know, we can't, that's not able to be done. Now, of course it's able to be done. They've perfected it by this point. They've perfected it. You know, 24 years ago, the first families got it. I would think in 24 years, they've probably perfected the technology. And develop new technology. So it's not that it's not possible. Of course it's possible. Of course it's possible. So if that were to be the case, right, that they're saying, okay, we can let everybody go back to normal. We can get everybody back on track. Um, As long as you take this vaccine and we have some sort of, of a certificate that lets us know that you have it and that we can track your health in that way. That we can see, okay, they've got the vaccine. They can come into the sporting event. They can come into the amusement park. They can come into church, if you will. And so, yeah, I saw that too. I saw about that, the tattoo and everything, the dot technology. But I want to take it from the scriptural standpoint. Because what people are starting to say, obviously, is they're saying, well, don't, whenever that happens, don't take it because that's the mark of the beast. And if you get the mark of the beast, there's no going back. And, you know, you'll go to hell and, you know, all this other stuff. Let's talk about that from the scriptural perspective. First of all, if they were to do this, you know, if they were to create a vaccine that did have a digital certificate of some sort that was injected in you that could be read 
by you. There's already uh, multiple sources that are saying, well, that's not the way that it functions. It's more of a database versus something that's in your body, whatever it might be. If that was the case, the question is, is that the mark of the beast? Could it be the mark of the beast? And if it is, obviously we don't want to take it, but if it is, what, where does that place us? Where does that place us as believers? And so I want you to look with me in Revelation chapter 13, because I want to show you something that should build your faith. Now, as I said, as I said at the beginning, even if it's not the mark of the beast, it'll be a cold day in hell before I take some sort of a chip into my body, a microchip, even a digital certificate for my own health. It'll be a cold day in hell before I allow that to happen. And there's many... You know, I can just tell you plainly, there's many vaccines that I don't have because I'm not walking around in fear. But let me tell you something uh, from the word of God that should build your faith and show you what the Bible says about it. Now, we're in Revelation chapter 13. I'm going to start reading from the first verse and show you uh, what the Bible does say here. Look at this. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with 10 horns and seven heads with 10 diadems and on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard and its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Now look, this verse three is very, very interesting and important to look at because this gives us a timeline of when this is all taking place. And one of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. Watch this. And they worshiped the dragon for he had given his authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast and who can fight against it? So I want you to see what's happening right here and what many prophecy scholars believe that The beast, obviously the Antichrist that has risen up to take power, many prophecy scholars believe that this is a picture of the Antichrist when it says that he takes a mortal wound to the head and is revived. They believe that that is speaking about an assassination attempt where the Antichrist, who's a political leader, will be assassinated with some sort of a a blow to the head, whether that's a bullet from a gun or whatever it might be, that there's an assassination attempt. And then all prophecy scholars that read this agree that it seems that God allows him to have the ability of resurrection for the purpose of fulfilling prophecy. And so a mortal wound, he's killed by a wound to the head, but its mortal wound was healed. And so what seems to be happening here is that the Antichrist, as he's taking power and getting ready to control the whole world, he is assassinated. But notice this, as he is healed, resurrected, the Bible says here, look at verse three, and the whole world sees it, marvels at it, and follows after the beast. And so I want you to see what's going on in this context is that the beast or the the Antichrist that's here about to take power over the whole world, 
is assassinated, God allows him the ability of resurrection so that the world will see it, marvel, and follow after the beast. And so it is at this juncture in the tribulation that most prophecy scholars believe we transition from the tribulation, first three and a half years, into the great tribulation, what the Bible calls the great tribulation. And that is where uh, prophecy scholars believe that the Antichrist will be possessed by the spirit of Satan himself. And then, of course, that's when global control begins. And you can see that as we go back down through, we start to read about how these things are enacted. And then, of course, you go down to verse 11. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. And so they'll they'll stop looking at him as a political leader and they'll start looking at him as a God to be worshiped, not as a political leader, but as a God to be worshiped. And so if you've not studied Bible prophecy, many believe that in the first half of the tribulation, seven years, that not all nations will um, align themselves with the Antichrist as that political leader. And the Bible even teaches that there will be certain nations that go to war with the Antichrist. But then there seems to be a shift halfway through the tribulation when this assassination happens, and then the beast is raised from the dead And the Bible says that the whole earth will see it. And the whole earth that sees it, the Bible says they'll marvel after the beast and follow after the beast. And so it's like this miracle of resurrection. You you have to understand everything that the Antichrist does is trying, it's, it's a ripoff of what Jesus did. Jesus was the Christ and this is the Antichrist. So he tries to duplicate everything that Christ did, including resurrection. And in the same way we follow Christ because of his resurrection, this antichrist will be, and God apparently gives him the power to do it, be raised from the dead so that Bible prophecy can be continued to be fulfilled. And the whole earth, think about this, the whole earth, and look look at the technology we have now. We have the ability now via live streaming. There's people watching me right now from other nations as we're live right now. There's people that are watching and, uh, you know, you're not in the States. You're not even in my state. But, you know, on your device, whether whether it be your tablet, your phone, your laptop, you're watching me now uh, near Miami, Florida. You might be in the UK. You might be in Africa. You know, you might be over somewhere else. Um, We've got people watching from Alaska, the time difference all the way across. So, Anything can be seen from around the world. Anything can be seen from around the world with the technology we have now. People used to say, well, you know, that that's speaking uh, figuratively. We know that it's figurative because nobody, not everybody in the world can watch an event happen all at the same time. But now they can. See, that's the thing. Now they can. Everybody in the world can watch an event happen. A great example is the World Cup one of the largest and most watched events in the world that people can watch the world cup from anywhere in the world. I remember even two world cups ago, it was blowing my mind because we were driving across the United States of America 
and I was in the passenger seat, Carolyn was driving, and on my phone, via cellular technology, I'm sitting there watching World Cup matches live while we're driving across America, and it's happening in other countries, and I'm seeing it happen live. And so when you see these things, like the two witnesses that Yanil uh, mentioned, that they'll be um, struck down, their bodies laid in the streets, and the whole world will see it. You know, people used to think that was figurative. Even this with the resurrection of the Antichrist. Well, not the whole world, but everybody in his known world, the area where he is. No. Now with satellite technology, live stream technology, the whole world will see, just like the Bible teaches, the whole world will see it happen. I'm sure they'll keep replaying the clips on the news. Look, we can see in slow motion, the bullet went through his head. He was dead on the ground. And then they'll have slow-mo footage. I'm sure of his eyes opening back up and standing up off the ground, completely healed of the assassination attempt. You know, maybe they'll know that he went to the morgue and, you know, they, they had him there dead. And then he, he got up and was completely alive and back with a press conference again. So, so understand this. It's interesting to know that the whole world will see it. I mean, think if it happened today and they just kept replaying it on the news. We have footage of this political leader being shot in a press conference. And then now, two days later, he's back holding press conferences. He was shot through the head, temple to temple. You know, we know that he was dead. No way he could be alive. But here he is completely fine. And people will see that. And they'll keep playing it over and over and over and over on the news. It'll get all the news coverage in the world that this man who was killed who was assassinated, is now come back to life. And people will shift their belief about him that he's not just a man, he's not just a political leader, he's a god. There's no way he couldn't be a god. Look at the way he rose from the dead. And that's what's going on in this passage. And so you go further, the Bible says it exercises, verse 12, this is Revelation 13, 12 now, it exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. Now look at verse 13. And it performs great signs and, and even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. You see what's going on here? So I'm, before I go to verse 16, let me explain this. That, that uh, being allowed, you know, obviously God is in control, but allowing the beast to do these things for the purpose of prophecy being fulfilled. Remember, those that are holy, those that have served the Lord, those that have accepted Christ have been snatched from the earth. There's no mention of the of the church anywhere in the Bible from Revelation 4 all the way through what Revelation 20 in the most graphic pictures of what happens during the tribulation the church is never mentioned one time. And the reason the church is not mentioned is cuz we're not here. We're not here for these things. God's not pouring wrath out on his children. He doesn't do that. He already had Jesus take your wrath on your behalf. And the shedding of blood was for your salvation. You are not apportioned unto the wrath of God. And so we're not here for those things. We're not here for that wrath. We're not here for 
uh, the one world control of the Antichrist viewed as a God and worshiped. And if you don't worship his image and statue, you will be killed. We're not here for that. We're not here for that. And so one, one of the things I want to show you, we'll go to verse 16. Now we'll go to verse 16 and look what the Bible says. And also it causes all both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So understand what's going on now. The control will extend to economic control. You'll not be able to buy, not you personally, but those that are here will not be able to buy or sell anything unless they have the mark given to them by the beast on their right hand or on their forehead. So I want you to understand this. Um, It's very interesting to know that part of the population control that will take place will and this this is how you know, because I'm going to show you something. <clears throat> Brandon, read the end. <clears throat> I think I sent we sent it to you. Read the end by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. All that stuff will be covered for you. Um, it's interesting to know that economic transactions, buying and selling, will all be restricted to those that have gotten in line with the plan of the Antichrist and taken the mark of the beast. I'm sure that people will look at it as convenience, part, partly of, you know, it's just more convenient to have this. But when you realize nothing's able to be done without it, you realize that it's population control. And here's the thing. People say, well, people won't take that. <laughs> oh, they'll take it. They'll take it. Because remember this, even with now, let's, I say all this to say now that, um, we're not in that time, by the way, we're not in the time of the tribulation right now. This is not the tribulation. Um, the antichrist has not risen up and has not taken control of the world. I would hope you'd know that he's not taking control of the world and We've not seen, look at the timeline. We've not seen the Antichrist, who is a great political leader, take a mortal wound to the head and be resurrected. We've not seen that happen. There has not been a great political leader who seeks to bring the world together that's been assassinated with a blow to the head or a a bullet to the head and been resurrected publicly so that the whole world will see it. And so the mark of the beast does not take place Until that happens, until there is an antichrist political leader that rises up who is assassinated and then is resurrected to the place that the whole world can see it and marvel and follow him, then then there's not going to be uh, a mark of the beast until that happens. So just rest assured, you're not in that moment. (laughs) You're not in that place. I don't believe we'll be here for any of that. I believe the church is re- is literally raised up with Christ before the tribulation ever begins. And we've done broadcasts to tell you why. I've given you seven Bible reasons why I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. 
But no question, Carissa, I, I don't disagree that they're testing the waters to see who will do what they're told and who will not do what they're told. You know, how long can they keep you in quarantine? How long uh, can they keep you bottled up and make you lay down your rights to not go to church? One of the things that's been blowing my mind is that churches, you know, who, who were saying, well, we wish we could come back to church and we wish we could have church again. Churches that were saying that, I, I saw several things in other parts of the nation where their their states are open, opening up and saying, you're free to go back to church. And the pastors are saying, we're not coming back to church. I mean, you know, think about that. And I'm not condemning them one way or the other. I'm just saying, think about the fact that now all everybody was in an uproar. Oh yeah, we need to get back to church. We need to come together. We need to be, and then the states are saying, you can go back to church. You can come back together. And there's pastors all over the nation. They're saying, no, we're not, we're not coming back to church. We'll not go back to church. This is, this is what many of them are saying that I've seen. We'll not go back to church until the Lord specifically tells me that we need to come back to church. It's like, oh, really? Because that's, that's, that's mind blowing because the Bible already commands us to do that in Hebrews chapter 10. So I'm just confused by what's happening for, with a lot of leaders who the states have already lifted the restrictions and said, you can go back to church. And and many of them are saying, and again, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a church. I'm not speaking from a place of condemnation. I'm just speaking from a place of observation that people are saying, well, you know, we need to be in church. We need to come back together. Won't it be great? You know, people say, won't, won't we be having such a great homecoming service? We can all come back together. And there's pastors all over the country that are saying we're ne- we're not coming back to church at all until the Holy Spirit tells me we're coming back to church. So I mean, <laughs> that everyone is in charge of their own flock. The Lord's placed them there. We pray for them, ask God to give them wisdom and strength, bless their families. But understand this: we need to be together as believers. We need to be together. Uh, you wouldn't have thought. You would not have. You would not have thought at the beginning of the of the year that it would have turned out this way for many by May. But I have to say something. I prophesied in the fall of last year when I was in West Virginia that something would happen in 2020, and I can play the clip for you. I mean, we have it. Something would happen in 2020 that God would raise up things that nobody thought he was in, that nobody knew, p- people that were even obscure, that were sticking to the Holy Ghost, that would not back away from the move of the Holy Ghost, that would stand with God's agenda, that God would raise them up in 2020, head and shoulders above the rest. And I also prophesied by the Holy Spirit at the in the fall that there would be many things that people thought God was in, that people thought uh, for sure it was the Spirit of God lifting them up and raising them up, that God said, I was never in those things. I was never in those things. And they'll be torn down in 2020. It's possible that you're seeing a separation of what God said would happen in 2020, that there'd be some that would be torn down and others would be lifted up head and shoulders above the rest. I know that the Bible does prophesy a falling away, an apostasy in the end times. And I do believe we're in the end, last moments of time. Talitha, the author of The End, is Dr. Mark Hitchcock. Mark Hitchcock. Great book. One of the best books I've ever read on, uh, ever, and the best book I've ever read on End Times Bible Prophecy. Uh, 
It's, it's, a, it's a complete overview of Bible prophecy. I'm ready to go back to church as well, Sharon, without question. But what I don't want to see is churches lining up and saying, well, we're coming back to church, but everybody needs to wear a mask and everybody needs to have their temperature taken at the door. That's what I don't want to see. I don't want to sit in the house of God, worshiping the Lord in faith, wearing a mask on my face. I have no desire to do that. I have no desire to do that. You have grocery stores that are doing it. I mean, they're not Christian organizations. They don't believe in the covenant we have with Christ. They don't believe in the power of God. So I'm not faulting them. They're, they're, you know, they're just regular secular organizations. I have no, I have no desire to sit in the house of God and worship the Lord in quote unquote in faith with a mask on my face, with my temperature being taken at the door. It's like, I want it to be all or nothing. And I I don't have a desire to do it that way. It offends my faith to do it that way. It just does. And I'm sorry that that may offend people, but people get offended about everything. So I don't really, in all honesty, I don't really care because I don't have an, I have no desire to worship the Lord like that. Worship the Lord with a mask on my face. Worship the Lord with my temperature being taken. Because the thing is, we say all these things about how much we believe God and how much we believe in his miracle working power and his healing power. We, and I, you know, we talk a lot about it, but in, but in action and in practice, not a whole lot of people do, to be honest with you. And I, and, and trust me, I understand that, that spiritual leaders have to take into account not everybody's at the same level of faith. I get that totally. Not everybody in your church is a Holy Ghost filled minister, a fivefold ministry gift. There's many that are newly saved and don't have any teaching whatsoever about healing, about the covenant, about the blessings of God. I, I get all that. I know that you have to watch over your flock. I, I understand all that. But it just, it's so offensive to my faith to think I have to come into the house of God with a mask on and sit in the in the presence of the Lord with a mask that would prevent me from catching a virus so that, you know, I'm going to come and obey God's word to come to his house and do what he said. But even though I'm obeying his word, he's going to somehow allow me to catch a virus while I'm worshiping him. I mean, it just doesn't even make sense to me. It doesn't even make sense to me. So we'll see what happens. I'm praying. I'm praying for pastors all over this nation and asking God to give us all strength and wisdom. But I'm just telling you, this thing needs to be done for. Needs to be done for. That's right, Mary. And I've, we've, I've had to make up that in my mind. You know, do my hands carry viruses and spread diseases or do they carry healing? It's got to be one or the other. It can't be both. Can't be both. So, I mean... But one thing I want you to hear today is this, because people have been afraid. I've been getting people messaging us, all the things that are going on. Please understand, first thing you have to know is this is not the mark of the beast. Even if they were to do it with a tracking chip and everything else inside ID 2020, Corona vaccination, even if they did everything that people are saying they're going to do, it's still not the mark of the beast. Because we're not there yet. We're not at that time in scripture. We're not halfway through the tribulation. Uh, The Antichrist has not risen up and taken power. And once again, we have not seen. Now, if between now and then, 
somehow I was all wrong and we see a political leader that's assassinated and resurrected from the dead and the whole world sees it. It has global news coverage and we're seeing it all over. Then you might want to take a little bit more of a stance (laughs) against it, but we're not there. We're not there. That's not where we are in the Bible. And if you believe like I do from scriptural evidence that we are not, I know Dave, that it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. If you believe like I believe, if you're a Pentecostal believer that understands the evidence we have from scripture and believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, understand we won't even be here for the things that are taking place as God pours out his wrath onto a world that rejected Jesus Christ. We won't even be here. So first of all, we're not seeing what, what the Bible says we will see. I mean, look at all the things that it says. He'll not only gain power from Satan, he'll have the ability to call fire down from heaven. (coughs) Not only fire down from heaven, but create an image, a statue of himself that he will be able to give supernatural power to that will be able to speak, that would cause people to believe that he's a God and follow after him. We're not seeing those things. We're not seeing those things. And I agree with Christina. We need to live rapture ready, no question about it, live to please the Lord. But that's not what's happening right now. We're not seeing those things at this moment. But that doesn't mean you don't need to take care about what's going on. Doesn't mean that you need to just fall in line and jump in and start taking vaccinations. (laughs) You know, you need to make sure that you're watching what's going on and being wise, you know, wise as serpents, the Bible says. Gotta be. You can't just, you know, for me, it's not happening. <clears throat> it's not happening. I've just personally, and I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I've made up in my mind. I've made up in my mind that if God can't keep me in this life that he's asked me to live, you know, while I'm out preaching healing to everybody else, preaching deliverance to everybody else, if he can't keep me, the one he's asked to be the messenger of that message, then I might as well hang it up and go do something else. If I... If I cannot live in the freedom that God's asked me to preach to other people and be an example of, I might as well do something else. I might as well take up another profession instead of being a messenger of the Lord. I'm not going to um, live my life in that way. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that God is Gillette. I'm not saying that God's offended. If you worship him while wearing a mask, you can worship him any way you want to. I'm saying that it offends my faith. It offends my faith to do that. I'm not saying it offends God. God receives your worship, however you worship him, as long as it's in spirit and in truth, the Bible says. But I'm saying personally for me, it offends my faith to stand there after having preached, you know, probably a thousand messages or more about the divine healing power of Christ and miracles and signs and wonders and having spoken about all those things and preached them and believed them and seeing them take place. And then me standing there on the front row with a mask on my face. I mean, it just, it offends my personal faith to, to even stand there looking like that. In the house of God, who's a God that does the impossible, who keeps us. I mean, we can trust him. The thing is, we can trust him to keep our souls from hell through prayer and salvation, but we can't trust him to do a two-hour service on a Sunday morning 
and keep us from a virus? Those are the kind of thoughts, by the way, that just flow through my mind. We can trust him to eternally keep us from hell through salvation, but we can't trust him for two hours on a Sunday morning to keep us from a virus. Those are just the things that I think. And, I, and you know, it just, that's why I say it, it offends my faith personally. I'm not saying that God doesn't receive your worship. I'm not saying that you shouldn't worship him. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying I personally, I'm not ever telling you what to do because you have to make up your own mind. You have to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. I get all that. I'm just saying for me, I, I, I couldn't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. It makes me sick to my stomach to think about worshiping God in that way. And what does that even say? I mean, I might as well sit on the front row in a hazmat suit. Seriously. I might as well buy a hazmat suit off of Amazon and come in like it's the movie Contagion or whatever that movie was with Dustin Hoffman with the monkeys breaking, breaking out. Outbreak. I might as well sit there in a hazmat suit. I mean, if you're going to go it, go for it. Go all the way. You know what I mean? Exactly, Melanie. If you're going to go for it, go all the way. Why not get a really stylish hazmat suit with a nice tie? <laughs> like wear your tie outside of the hazmat suit. You know, I, I, I can't, you know, I just can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm not condemning anybody that does by any means. I promise you I'm not. I have love for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. I promise you I do. I have love for every minister, every believer, and, and they all have to do what, what, they, what the Lord's speaking to them to do. They have to. They've got to do it. Those that lead ministries, they've got to do what the Lord leads them to do. They have to. And I'm not here to condemn them. I'm not here to speak against them. I pray for them. Trust me when I tell you, I pray for them. But I can just tell you this. For myself personally, it's extremely hard, nigh impossible, nigh impossible. I, I just don't see myself doing it. So there might be a lot of prayer closet worshiping for me <laughs> in the upcoming days. But I'm believing God for a quick and a swift opening of this nation and other nations. A swift, and I don't mean just like, you know, openings, but with restrictions. I mean total openings. I drove across to the other side of Florida a couple of days ago to preach on Faith Broadcasting Network, and it's completely open on the west coast of Florida, completely open. We were out all day. We were out sitting in restaurants. We went to restaurants, sat down, no masks being worn. We didn't wear any masks. They didn't refuse us service because we didn't have masks on. Went and sat down, had great lunches, had a great dinner, you know, sitting there just like normal. It was like being in another world. It was like being in another world. And there was no issue. Everybody's out walking around. Everybody's out doing their thing. Everybody's out eating, all sitting together. We're all, you know, social distancing was not happening. It can happen. Open it up. And I'm ready for total opens, not not openings with restrictions, do away with the masks, do away with the stupid temperature guns and open. There's no reason. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. I'm praying that God blows his breath from heaven and let there, let there be nationwide and worldwide openings. And that this charade that we've been living through 
will come to an end quickly in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you here at the end of the broadcast. And I want to pray, number one, that God fills your heart with faith. And I want to pray that any spirit of fear that's tried to attack you through this time will loose its grip on your mind, on your spirit, and that faith will overtake you and that boldness will overtake you in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your precious people. We thank you, Lord, for the power of God that flows through this, not only through this nation, but flows through our physical bodies. Thank you that we are filled with resurrection power from on high. And so now, Lord, I ask you for every person that's watching, if the enemy has used anything to try to bring them into a spirit of fear, spirit of confusion, anxiety, panic, Lord, even those that are severely battling suicidal thoughts, we take authority over that today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that by the power of God, by the supernatural power of God, that things will quickly open all over this nation and around the world. I pray as you spoke through us, Lord, just as quickly as that virus blew in, let it blow out in Jesus' name. Blow your breath from heaven and blow it out of the United States of America, blow it out of every nation of the world, and let us walk in complete and total freedom, and let things open quickly in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that sickness is driven from our midst. Disease is driven from our midst. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, anybody that's battling in their physical body, touch them, Lord, by your power. Send the healing virtue of heaven to come upon every one of them. Make them whole today. I pray for those that are battling in their organs, the organs of their body, uh, attacked with disease. I pray in Jesus' name, let healing virtue flow through every organ of their body in Jesus' mighty name. Make them whole. Touch them, Lord, by your mighty power. We thank you for it. Touch their families. Protect their children. I pray, Lord, that you would put a hedge of protection around our homes. Thank you that angels are guarding us. They are our ministering spirits. We give you praise for that. We give you glory. I pray that blessing floods your children this month. This month of miracles, May, we declare it. We'll hold our testimonies in our hand in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord, and glory in Jesus' wonderful name. And if you believe that and receive that prayer, throw some fire in the comments section and let me know that you believe God with me, that all things are turning in your favor in Jesus' name. All things are turning in your favor in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, because they are. This is our month of miracles. This is our year of violent increase and expedited favor. No question about it. It's my year. In fact, by faith, I want you to write it by faith like a confession. This is my year. This is my year. Own it. Own it. This is my year in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is my year. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. This is my year, and I believe it is. It's yours too. It is yours too. My year. That's it. That's it. Put it in the comments. It's my year. It's my year. It's my year. It's my year. That's right. And I'll tell you this by the spirit. The final half of 2020 is going to be far more glorious than the first half. The final half is going to be far more 
glorious than the first half. We're going to shout. We're going to praise God. We're going to dance. We're going to sing through the second half of this year. In fact, I tell you, from the 1st of July through the 31st of December, we are going to have nonstop victories in Jesus' name. Nonstop victories. July 1st through December 31st. And I'll go, I'll go, I'll say as much as to say this, because this is our month of miracles from today and June and through the end of the year. But I feel it strong in my spirit. The second half of this year, you watch and see, the second half of this year is going to be supernatural. It's going to be glorious. And you'll have plenty of reasons to dance, plenty of reasons to shout, plenty of reasons to sing. Get ready to rejoice in the second half of 2020. Get ready to rejoice, hallelujah, in the second half of 2020. And we will rejoice. We will rejoice in Jesus' name. Nonstop victories. That's exactly it. Nonstop victories. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Put an offering. Do this. Put an offering in your hand and sow a seed by faith into the kingdom of God. Let today, you know what? Let today be your declaration where you say, I refuse to diminish. I refuse to go under. I refuse to go backwards. But today, by faith, mark it by a seed. Mark today by a seed of faith that you sow. And say, Lord, from this day forward, it will be never-ending victory Until the end of this year, it's going to be straight glory and power in my life. And I'm going to declare with you, it is. It is in mine as well. And this is our month of miracles. And so let me encourage you to take a moment right now. Those of you that are watching, open up a new tab. Go to miracleword.com and sow a seed by faith. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can access... miracleword.com. Also, if you're in the United States, hashtag donate, cash apps available, PayPal's available, Venmo's available, if you'd like to give digitally. Those of you, thank you, Daphne, for sewing. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Wherever you are, Amen, heavenly. Wherever you are in the world, see, we've been praying and believing. Our plan, even in the midst of all this, do you know, can I tell you something? This is interesting to me. Many ministries, many ministries are downsizing in this time of the, uh, thank you, Krista. Many ministries are downsizing in this time of the quarantine. We are expanding. That blows my mind. God's doing it, but we are expanding and it blows my mind. I'm telling you, he's answering every prayer. God is doing it. He's answering every prayer and we're expanding. And I've got some things to tell you very soon, but I'm so excited because this is truly our year of violent increase. That's right, Tyler. Building and growing. That's the key. You got a new building coming, right? That you're you're putting together, going to be in. 
building and growing. That's the key. And while others might be diminishing, we are expanding by the power of God. We are expanding, hallelujah, by the mighty power of God. And we'll touch more people in 2020 than we have in any other year, without question. More people in 2020. We'll see more. We'll see God do more. We love you in Danville. The Venmo code, Marissa, is MWGive, just like Cash App, at MWGive. And thank you. Thank you. Oh, man, I'm telling you, not only just hitting the floor running in the summer, it's already started. God's opening doors for us. Supernatural things are happening. I'm so excited. I can't wait to share everything with you that's happening. But my goodness, man, I'm so thankful. So listen, here's what we're encouraging you to do. If you've not done so, would you consider becoming a partner with this ministry? Ask the Lord. He'll not only he'll not even he'll not only speak to you to join with us, he'll give seed to the sower. People say, "Well, you know, and I, I, let me let me tell you this." <clears throat> People say, "Well, I just don't have it right now to do. I don't have it. But see, here's the thing. If you will stand and pledge to do it, remember this. God's the one who gives seed to the sower. Hallelujah. He gives seed to the sower. Cash app's on the screen, Stephen. MWGive. Dollar sign MWGive. Thank you. He gives the seed. So, He's not asking you to go out and try to find a seed to sow. He's saying, if you have a giving heart, if you'll be the one who steps up and dedicates yourself to my kingdom, I'll put the seed in your hand. I will put the seed in your hand. And you watch and see what God will do for you. But we ask people to stand with us at a minimum of $85 a month. You think about it, that's a cell phone bill, that's a dinner out with your husband or wife. But once a month, standing with us and believing God that this generation will be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's already being changed. It's already being changed. Hundreds of kids are already eating around the world. The gospel's being preached to all kinds of people. We're seeing miracles take place, signs, wonders. It's amazing. The Lord amazes me at how good he is. And that's the way he's going to work in your life as well. Miracle after miracle after miracle. I love it, Aisha. Nonstop victories. And it's a reason to dance. It absolutely is. Hallelujah. It would do you good to just dance around your house today. Just dance around your house and give God praise. And watch what God will do for you. But stand with us. Those that are believing God for miracles, a seed brings a harvest. So thank you. Thanks to everybody that's doing it. We appreciate you so much. We know there's people that God's speaking to right now to sow largely. There are people God is dealing with your heart to sow a large seed, $1,000, $2,500, $10,000. The Lord's speaking to you. Be obedient. Do what he tells you to do and watch what will take place. Watch what will happen. That's right, Rachel. I'm going to see a victory. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Victory in Jesus. That's right. Tina, this is your year. This is your year for victory in Jesus' mighty name. And then everybody that's standing with us, I was so happy. My good friend, Pastor Alan Meshagan, 
We're sending this book that he wrote to every person that partners with us this month, Heir of Power. This is going to be one of the gifts that we send to you. And then for everybody that's partnering at $1,000 or more, I'm going to send you not only this genuine leather Bible, but a hard copy of our new book, Further Faster. And uh, I'm so excited to put it in your hands. I think this is the most important revelation that the Lord has ever allowed me to release in this book, Further Faster. It's on impartation, the power of impartation. And I'm looking forward to you reading it. And listen, those that grabbed it and have read it or are reading it, do me a favor and uh, drop me a uh, review. Couldn't think of the word. (laughs) Drop me a review on Amazon. And I appreciate it. There's some other dude that has a book called Further Faster, which I didn't know. He, he, it's on business of some sort of leadership or something like that. Help me push his down in the rankings and put ours to the top. And won't that be wonderful? (laughs) We'll be back tonight. For those of you that don't know, we've started a new series called five areas of life that you must master. You must. Here's why. If you don't master them, they will master you. That's so important that you catch that. If you don't master them, they will master you. And if you're going to believe for never-ending victory, if that's the, that's your prayer, then I want you to hear me. You have got to master those areas of your life by the word of God and by faith. Because you don't want to... See, if you're asking God for victory and favor, don't allow any area of your life to take you over. That's so important that you hear this. Don't let any area of your life overtake you. And it'll try. They will try. That's why we're covering these tonight and every night this week at 9 o'clock. And um, it's going to be a huge blessing to you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.